Hines, I think, can sense it right now. To go inbound to Weatherspoon with one. Weatherspoon puts up the three. It's no good! The Liberty Flames are still dancing. And the flame to the biggest victory in school history. Georgia to inbound, gets it to AC. Deep three, pull up. Larry Blair reverse layup, up and in, and he's fouled. Man, you talk about the degree of difficulty. With two, Georgie at the buzzer. Got it! He got it! Darius McGee, a game for the agent. And Liberty wins four games in the Big South Tournament to take home the 2013 crown. Look at Mario Baxter Barrow. 25 for Colin Porter. Holmes lead. Splash. What's going on? Welcome, friends, to the AC of Red Basketball podcast. As you see, if you're watching, the Reverend, the Dr. Will Matthews is not with us tonight, but there was no one else that I thought would be better to come in and fill in for the old dog shoes than Chad Hassan. Chad, I know you're feeling good today, but I'll ask you, how are you doing? Dude, it's been a wild 24 hours, Nick. Um. I don't know if you can imagine the feeling that you will have if we uh, – you probably felt it when we beat Mississippi State, but there's something that's just like, man, that we've made it, and uh, it felt really good. You know, you, along with a lot of other contributors and fans, put a lot of time, energy, effort into fanning the flames. So when uh, something – an accomplishment like that happens and it's in our lifetime and we get a chance to see it, it uh, just makes it really special. And um, – you know, only only thing I can equate it to, Nick, is uh, this year's basketball team making the Final Four and then sitting on that for a week and just being like, all right, you know, think about all the momentum that would come to this podcast or to our fan base and to our program for a week of just straight Final Four coverage. That's what it's like with New Year's Six. Probably, I wouldn't say multiplied, but it's it's just as much, if not more, than a final four run. So that's kind of the feelings we have right now. Um, and I, I won't talk about it too much longer, but honestly, there was another stigma. You've been around long enough back in the day when we got left out of the FCS playoffs. Mm-hmm. It just felt like we got left out of the Sun Belt. We got left out of uh, several conferences, didn't want us here the last couple of years. So to finally be on a 50-50 roll of the dice fringe moment and they actually chose us, felt really good that we're progressing in a way where people respect our university, respect our sports programs, respect what we do. They might not agree with everything that comes out of Liberty University, but uh, we we aren't losing respect, and we have a good reputation amongst the voters, which uh, that was another huge benefit. So it will only help the basketball program for sure. Yeah, you know – I don't follow the football team nearly like like you do, but you know, super exciting. I can't wait for the uh, 
the Fiesta Bowl that just has a it has a sweet ring to it. But you know, I will say this: I, I feel like uh, Coach McKay and, and Coach Chadwell just really, and, and I know this is really fluff talk, but I, I really mean this. They represent our university so well that I think that is a major piece as to why you know it doesn't maybe feel like the old Liberty or, or I, I, I don't know if I'm saying that or articulating that right, but they've really kind of taken Liberty into a new new era. They represent the school well. They don't push things too far uh, in certain directions. Uh, and they're just, I think, awesome dudes to represent our school. And I think that's uh, uh, the most exciting. But, Chad, the football podcast will be tomorrow, right? And you guys will have wall-to-wall. They'll probably be on for seven hours, I bet. I'm putting the over-under. <laughs> tomorrow's, a big, tomorrow's a big celebration. We don't have another game for a month. So tomorrow's just a big celebration. And it should be fun. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Uh, I know they tried to transition to basketball, especially after a disappointing week for the basketball team. You know, I won't lie. Uh, it's a little bit tough, but we're going to get through it. You know, you, you got to have the bad times to go with the good. And Liberty Basketball has provided us with a lot of good times. There's a lot more uh, good to come. But before we kind of talk about the two games last week, I'm sure, Chad, you're exhausted. I'm exhausted. I was traveling all weekend. And when I'm exhausted, there's only one thing that I need, Chad. Do you know what that one thing is? Yeah, man. I wish I would have known you were going to do this. It's ironclad coffee. I have my bag right in there. It's delicious stuff, man. I will. Uh, I don't get to talk about ironclad much because I'm behind the scenes producing, but it is delicious. Bare knuckle espresso. I use that to make an iced coffee in the afternoons. In the morning, I use it to just make an, an Americano. It is delicious. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke and his family, they're huge supporters of Flames Nation. He's at every game supporting the tailgates. Uh, he's just uh, giving out free coffee. Uh, you know, he is really in, in the Richmond area. He's a beacon of Liberty Flames, and uh, he stands, wears it loud and proud. Not even an alumni, believe that or not. He's not an alumni. He's just a big fan who come from Florida and was looking for a football team, basketball team to cheer on. And uh, landed in Richmond with his wife's family. And, uh, yeah, it's delicious stuff. Go to ironcladcoffee.com. You can order there. They have, like, these bags that have the aroma, like, vent on the back of it. It's just, like, uh, the whole nine yards is a beautiful experience. And uh, that's where I've been ordering all my coffee. And they also proud supporters of Flames. I see them with the official sponsorship of tweets on the Liberty Channels. And they started here with the, with us on the podcast. So it all feels right to drink a cup of coffee. Yeah, the best. Uh, and uh, I, I'm slacking tonight. I forgot to put up the uh, the info for you. Here you go. Ironcladcoffee.com. Buy it online. That's the easiest way to get it wherever you're at around the country. Um, and, yeah, like Chad said, I mean, these guys, they support Liberty Athletics. Let's make sure we support them back. Uh, you know, it's a great Christmas gift too, Chad, right? Um, especially if you got someone who's a, a coffee lover in your life. Um, coffee lovers love authentic coffee that's from a, a local business. They don't want to go to the, the the chains. We won't we won't throw shade tonight, but uh, but uh, yeah. So make sure you support Iron Club Coffee, IronClubCoffee.com. All right. Well, we got a huge show tonight. Uh, Joseph Van Zant's supposed to be by here in a minute. Uh, Liberty legend Joel Vanderpool. So we better get to getting. Uh, let's talk about these two games. Uh, Chad, I assume you did watch this one and not the second one. I watched both. 
You watched both. Okay, well, I'm I'm guess I'm really interested in your opinion on the second game because I didn't watch it at all. Um, this game, you know, the Chad, the margin, it it it's a little worse than it was. This wasn't a, a stellar night for Liberty. Um, Florida Atlantic, man, they are a very, very good basketball team. Um, and as you see here on the graphic, uh, Liberty's um worst points per possession since uh that Northwestern game. Uh, that was like pulling teeth down in the Bahamas or Cancun or wherever it was last year. And then this was the most points per possession Liberty's defense allowed since 2018 against Campbell. So really just both sides of the ball. This was just a rough night for the Flames. I think a lot of that is you do have to give a lot of the credit to Florida Atlantic. There's a team that came in motivated. They can't afford another loss after Bryant. They have at large. They have final four aspirations. Um, any takeaways from this game, Chad? I mean, it really was a top 10 team in the country roster, you know, and their coach really has them coached up. Um, so we, I think we ran into a buzzsaw. We ran into a really good team with a really good coach playing at their home court. Um, and then also it just felt like, you know, you have those games and we've had them, you know, every once in a while. I wouldn't call it an inconsistent. It's just like you're getting good shots and they're not going in and the other team is not getting as great of looks and they're going in. And that's as simple as you can make this game is, are you making or missing your shots? Um, but also Florida Atlantic just was the better team. And I'm not sure if we played them 10 more times what the outcome would be because they're that good. Like they're a top 10 team in the country. Look for them to make some noise again in the tournament. And, uh, you know, it was a good test for our boys on the road. And, you know, hopefully we don't see another team like that. Maybe Alabama, but hopefully we don't see another team like that until the final four. I, I would I I think they're probably better than than Alabama. I think there's probably only a handful of teams that that's legitimately better than them. Um, I do want to I don't want to spend too much time now because I want to talk with Joel Vanderpool about this. The one thing that I really took away from this game other than I, I was pretty impressed with uh, uh, the guards. I thought Porter Matheny, I think he did have a few too many turnovers, but they were able to kind of get their own shots. They were not at all scared of this incredible talent team. I like that. Gabriel McKay, how about that? Eight points off the bench, three of three from the field. That was good. But this game really felt like it exposed some of the, the lack of um, interior um, fortitude that Liberty has. Um, and Liberty's, you know, kind of transitioning away from um, some of the more traditional bigs, kind of like Blake Preston. Um, to more of these like hybrid bigs like Zach Cleveland. And uh, this game just really, I don't know, maybe felt like it exposed isn't the right word, but this was definitely something that made it a concern. And uh, when we get into the uh, the CUSA updated net rankings, you're going to see the Louisiana Tech is right on Liberty's heels, and they've got a really big guy, Daniel Bacho. And this game really kind of gave you a little bit concerned. How is Liberty going to be able to handle him? Uh, but we'll talk more about that with uh, with JVP here coming up, but I'm uh, sorry. One more point on this. People need to view Florida Atlantic. Like you went on the road and played at Duke. Like they are a better team than Duke. And you, if you go on the road and you play Duke, you kind of expect this kind of outcome. This is what happened. It got away from Liberty a little bit at the end. And I do think Chad, that, that McKay was trying. It didn't work out. I think he was trying a little bit at the end to, to rest guys to try to prepare for a quick turnaround. It's Charleston. And uh, Charleston, man, they, they, it looks like they, I didn't get to watch this game other than the clips that were online. Um, just uh, impressive performance of Charleston leading start to finish. Yeah, it was. Um, this one was a little bit 
it felt like we had at least a, a, a comparable roster, if not a better roster. And, you know, I've always loved Coach McKay's uh, tactics. I, I think if we played this game, I, I mentioned Florida Atlanta, I think if we played this game, we win more times than not. You know, if we play this game multiple times, it just wasn't our night. I think the turnaround, uh, which I think Charleston did not have the same turnaround. This was their first game in the tournament. And yep. so, like, you know, in the in the conference tournament, most nights, if you're playing back-to-back nights, it's the other team's back-to-back night as well. And, you know, it's a conference team that you're very familiar with and you can kind of game plan for a little bit differently. Whereas Charleston, they were fresh. We were not. Um, just a lot going against us in this game uh, from the get-go. Um, but again, you know, I will say that I think that, um, you know, I wouldn't say we were exposed, but I, I like our chances in this game if we were to play it again. It just wasn't our night. Disappointing. Thought it would be a good win for us. Um, but, you know, we've we've proven that we can win games like, like that uh, against Charleston. So, Nothing too glaring where it's like, wow. You know, the one glaring thing from both games, and for me, it's like, <clears throat> I'm not, I, I don't know the the X's and O's all that well, but it feels like that, it feels like we have a couple of guys who are so athletic, they're just coming into their roles as being more of a score or more of a, a, a threat. And we just kind of get out of control a little bit. And I know that there will be, they'll rein that in a little bit, but you don't want to take away that freedom of, man, we need you to be reckless, I think was the term that was used earlier in the season. You know, that reckless can be good. And, uh, you know, it kind of hurt us a little bit. We got to find that right balance of reckless versus, um, versus just turnovers and, and kind of uh, out of control. So reckless doesn't mean bad. Um, but out of control does mean bad, and uh, there's a fine line. And I think we have a couple of guys just still figuring that out. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if this game felt the same way, but the Florida Atlantic game was the first game where it felt like the game wasn't easy offensively. And uh, you know, maybe you know, early in the season, it did just come a little bit too easy. Like you went into that tournament. Uh, down in Myrtle Beach, and they never really struggled offensively. They were, for the most part, able to get whatever they wanted. And I'm sure Coach McKay was preaching, "It's not that easy." You know, we have to work it. You, you kind of have to to uh, to to experience it a little bit. Um, Another point is, I don't see, um, you know, there's still. I know we're eight games in now, but there are still those moments where we have a few guys who are used to deferring on this team at, at this level. Yeah. And we're going to be asking them not to defer as much. And uh, so, you know, we got guys, you saw it several times where they're trying to make that extra pass to get their teammate open last year, that ball would have gone up once it touched two's hands, it was going up. And so there was kind of that, like, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Oh, here, you can get a better one. No, you got a completely good look. Here you go. And we're a little bit deferring in that way. And uh, I think that that, like, you're giving up good shots to try to get great shots. And I think we need to give up less good shots, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that 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 totally makes sense. That is the one thing I really like about, you know, how Caden Matheny has, has really fit into this team and, and fit into a role because he is the guy that will take that shot 
Um, he, he's a guy that can kind of create his own shot too. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think he's just been a, a, a wonderful fit. I mean, look, through eight games, I think we all would have taken like a six and two start, especially with the incredible schedule um, that, that Liberty's played so far. Uh, just kind of things that all kind of came in at once in, in one week here, um, you know, kind of a, a, against Liberty. But um, uh, we're going to come back here in just a minute. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the updated net rankings. Still got uh, Joel Vanderpool to come, hoping to get Joseph Vinzant on here in a minute. Uh, but we're going to have a quick word from Experience Leesburg. It's real Florida. It's old Florida. And it's close to all of the Central Florida attractions. Crystal clear natural springs in one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing, and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown Main Street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg the way Florida is meant to be. All right. Well, thanks as always to our partners, Experience Leesburg. Chad, how do how do we get connected with those with those folks? Yeah. So uh, one of the agencies that works to help uh, Leesburg advertise noticed that we have a softball tournament down there uh, later on this year, and thought it would be good to get Flames Nation familiar with Leesburg and loves our podcast. They support the school in various ways, and um, they're excited to be a partner and also the the softball tournament. So it's a uh, exciting time to i've never been to leesburg but i don't know if you've seen richie long shots he wears a leesburg shirt now he's all in like we're, <laughs> we're gonna catch that guy on a bender down in leesburg one of these weekends and just be like what are you doing he's like i'm down here for work it's uh it's good so, so uh, yeah, leesburg excited to get down there <laughs> that's fantastic well the net rankings were here completely wrecked my morning when they were released i was trying to get work done and the net comes out and well Two hours later, I'm still looking at everything net related. Uh, Liberty number one, no surprise. <laughs> surprise is Louisiana Tech is right on their tail, uh, just one spot behind. So Louisiana Tech team, Chad is uh, is definitely dangerous. I, I feel like the the more that's gone on, these two teams have separated themselves. I was a little surprised just how much separated from themselves they are. Yeah. <clears throat> um... You know, I looked through Louisiana's Tech's record when, I, or yeah, their schedule when I saw this. I don't see any good wins. I see a couple bad losses. Um, I, this is surprising to me. I guess it's just the way that they're losing in those big games uh, kind of helps them out. But the surprise on the screen here is Middle Tennessee at seven at two eighty nine. I mean, Middle Tennessee, McDermott, and everything they've got going on the history down there. I believe they're preseason number two in the conference, and uh, were they tied? Were they tied with us for preseason number one? Is it was that Middle Tennessee? And yep. it's, uh, like they just have not got off to a good start. But don't count them out when tournament time, when conference time comes. This is a lot like that UNC Asheville team with I believe the kid's name was Prince. They they started off kind of tough, and then once they got into the conference play, they kind of settled in. So. Don't don't uh, count them out yet, but wow, 289 compared to Louisiana Tech, who really hasn't had a big win, is at 44. Kind of surprising. Um, I, I would, I don't think this is the way that the conference will finish. Um, but you know, very cool to have two inside the top 50. Um, I think somebody pointed out a stat earlier this this week. There's only a couple of 
uh, mid-major pro- uh, conferences that have two programs inside the top 50. It's us and maybe the AAC. I can't remember what the other one, but it's not many that have two inside the top 50. And Conference USA had such a big win yesterday whenever they announced us for the the, the New Year's Six Bowl. And uh, if we just pile onto that with a good basketball season, like Conference USA is going to be, Nick, I've been saying this for a while, they are going to be the best combo conference of FBS playing mid-majors and, uh, you know, with basketball and football. And so exciting time to be Conference USA. This is not the A-Sun anymore. Um, New Mexico State, seeing them all the way down near the bottom. Nick, does that give you flashbacks to when Liberty was like the last of the last in net rankings way back in the day? Yeah, I don't I don't understand how they're that bad in the net. I mean, it's it's all record based. They're not the 341st best team in the country. Anyone that has actually watched them play a game, that's yeah, I, I hate that they're that low because they're better than that. Uh Ken Palm has them 273rd. I mean, that's a pretty big leap. Um, Louisiana Tech, they uh I tell you what, man, they 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 have one really good win. McNeese State, people might be like, McNeese State, they're a top 100 Ken Palm team. Okay. Um, they only lost by nine at New Mexico. Um, that's a really tough place to play. That was a true road game. And then their only other loss was to Colorado State by eight points. But they didn't have Daniel Bacho, their their center transfer from Texas Tech, who uh, is, is going to be a force in, in this conference. And is the guy that gives me nightmares. They were missing someone else, and then Isaiah Crawford, the preseason player of the year, was in foul trouble that whole time. And Colorado State might not sound like a household name, and I know people are, are all in football mode. Colorado State's 13th in the AP Top 25 right now. They, they're 8-0. Eight, they're eight, no, they beat Creighton, and they, they led most of that game um, uh, against uh, Colorado State. So they're wow. – yeah, I, I don't – New Mexico State at the bottom, that's – I mean, this New, New Mexico State, they played some teams really tough. They took Louisville to overtime. And I know Louisville stinks, but that was still at Louisville. They took them to overtime. Um, who else did they? They played. They took Fresno State to overtime. That's a top 200 team. Um, they, they played some close games. Uh, that, that's not indicative. And then FIU, I, I can't believe they're, they're below 300, Chad. And it's just all record-based, but this is a team that um, – uh, took Miami top 25 team down to the wire. They played a lot of teams close, but the net is not giving as much uh, credit for close losses as Ken Palm is. Yeah. Um, they're definitely, there's definitely, we don't know the full net formula, but the component that is uh, evaluating wins and losses is a lot. Ken Palm doesn't evaluate wins and losses at all. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> uh, didn't coach McKay, coach at New Mexico and Colorado State. Maybe yeah. he has a few connections back there for when we play Louisiana Tech and say, hey, guys, uh, how did you guys do that? So I found that kind of ironic. That's the only two teams they've lost to. Um, did not know McNeese State was such a big win. So that was the schooling up I needed for why Louisiana was 44, Louisiana Tech. So, yeah, I'm not bad. This is a great, uh, great-looking list here. All right. Well, looks like we got uh... – Mr. Joseph Vanzant joining us. Let's bring him on here in just a second.
All right, joined now by Liberty Junior Guard Joseph Van Zant. Joseph, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. How about y'all guys? Doing good. Yeah, thanks for joining us tonight on the uh, the ASEA Red Basketball Podcast. Uh, I know the the week the la- the last I guess weekend, kind of a weekend. Yeah, obviously it didn't go your way, but what was that experience like playing in that uh, pretty prestigious, you know, little small mid major, not a tournament, but I guess showcase. Uh, no, for sure. It was, a, it was a good opportunity, obviously. Like you said, it didn't, uh, didn't go the way uh, we wanted to, but I thought uh, we learned a lot from that experience. I think uh, uh, just learning, I uh, think from Myrtle Beach, I think we didn't have a lot of experience where we were, um, had a little bit of uh, doubt and everything. And I think this was, this is a good experience to get through uh, in the early stages of the season. Yeah, so Joseph, I'm probably going to not ask you any basketball questions. I'll leave those <laughs> Nick. I got a couple other questions for you. First of all, this is for my wife, who's probably upstairs watching on YouTube. Uh, what what was the deal with the ponytail? Do you ever plan to bring that back? Uh, did you like playing with the ponytail? Was there a reason why you did that? I can't remember which game it was. Maybe Charlotte. I can't remember. But tell us about the ponytail and if you ever plan to bring that back. Yeah, I forgot the. I have a, I have this brush that makes my curls look a little better. I didn't I didn't have it, so I just I just put it. I, <laughs> <laughs> it was necessity. It was it was a necessity survival mode. Gotcha. All right, Nick, get back to the hard hitting basketball questions. <laughs> well, I want to I want to know about FAU. Uh, obviously, you guys got to play them. Final Four team last year. Are they absolutely as good as advertised? On that, they were a great team. I, I think obviously we, uh, we can tell why uh, they made it to the Final Four. I think um, just the just the way they play, the intensity. Uh, I think that was good for us to show like where where we want to be and how far we need to grow i think uh obviously i don't think we gave it our best shot so as far as that uh, a little disappointing but uh, i think it was a great experience as a whole for us all right next non-basketball question uh what is it like playing as a married man versus playing as a single man you're looking up in the crowd and you're like waving hey there's my wife (laughs) junior Uh college like I mean, I know, I know you guys have been been together for a long time, but what's the difference? You coming home, like, are you talking bad about your? You're like, man, I just didn't have the game with me tonight, and all that kind of stuff, or is it still the same as it was when y'all were dating and fiance type stuff? Oh uh, no, as far as still still the same as this. Uh, when I come home, she's more of this. Uh, my getaway from basketball. I think a lot of days you have your school, you have uh, basketball, so uh, we don't really we don't really talk too much about basketball. I think that's a. Uh, she she's more my getaway. My not my parents. We, that's that's the basketball talking about that. But uh, as far as this, um, I think being married, like as far as my leadership role, I think it's uh, helped that. Uh, think of my coaches and uh, a lot of people that look uh, have seen that and in, in my growth, and uh, I can contribute that to to being married. Awesome. All right, my my questions feel so silly, Chad. <laughs> after you go with these, like you know, real life questions. Uh, I just want to know about your rebounding. So you are top 100 in the country right now in defensive wow. rebound percentage. Uh, that's a percentage of rebounds per possession. Uh, you're six foot three. How were you able to uh, to be such an elite rebounder? I mean, I think uh, I think I've always I've always I, uh, pride myself of being a, the effort guy, to someone that's uh, uh, does the things that uh, nobody else wants to do. I think I've always been that way. I think from coming from a small town in Midland, Texas, and you know, you go into those huge tournaments in in Dallas and uh, uh, Houston, and every uh, going all those places. I think I've always had to to work harder than to everybody than most. So I think 
uh, that's been something I brought with me to college, and uh, it's it's pretty easy for me to just to go out there and uh, just try to go get the ball. <laughs> so, all right, as basketball, we'll, we'll switch switch gears here for basketball. Whenever um, you know, we obviously lost a lot of offensive production in Darius. Uh, Matheny has kind of stepped up. You know, it's kind of ironic that he's a he's a guard, a, a shorter guard there too. How has Caden Matheny's game kind of seamlessly, what feels like seamlessly fit into this rotation? I mean, what are you seeing from your perspective? Is it, is it, what is it that makes him fit in so well to what you guys are doing? Man, we love, we love Caden Matheny, man. I think uh, he was a great, uh, great uh, addition to our team. I think just uh, his unselfishness and like, uh, he's, he's really good. Like, I think this, uh, the way he gets us involved, uh, I think, he, and honestly, he could score more if he wanted to. I think uh, he's just so unselfish and so bought into the team, uh, crazy fast. I think in the, in pra the practices this summer, had a guard, had a guard, Caden, had a guard, CP, uh, one fun, you know. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, uh, uh, they're two great players, and I think uh, just what he's done for our program so far is uh, is awesome. All right, you guys are coming back home after really kind of being all over the country the last couple of weeks. I got about two and a half straight weeks at home. Obviously, uh, back to action tomorrow against Mississippi Valley State. Uh, obviously, you guys are not overlooking them uh, like, like you do with every other team. But I do have to ask you, because we're not going to talk to you before then, big matchup on Saturday against Grand Canyon, who is is maybe like the West Coast version of Liberty. It, it, it might be a fair way to say. What do you know about them in that matchup? And uh, Tell Liberty fans why they need to come and show up and uh, support the Flames on Saturday. Uh, you know, as, as far as as far as um, you know that matchup, we haven't we haven't gotten too far ahead. Obviously, we had a lot of a lot of cleanup. I think uh, we wanted to get that settled out, and obviously, uh, we we go one one game at a time. But uh, really excited for that game. I think uh, uh, it's awesome to have the opportunity for to to come by at home. Uh, obviously, they're I think I think they're bringing bringing some fans. Uh, um, this way too. I might have heard that might be might be a rumor, but uh, obviously for uh, when we play those games at home, uh, our crowd gives us uh, that boost that we that we need. So uh, the opportunity for them to come is is needed, much needed. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> let's see what what other basketball questions do we have? Do we have? Uh, whenever you guys are going matchups, right? When you're going matchups and, and they're in the huddle and I see the guy with the whiteboard, like, all right, you got this guy, you got this guy, you got this guy. If you see a big or like a, a wing player who's a lot taller than you, or you see a guard that's a lot shorter than you maybe, or a lot faster and use the ball more, which one are you like, which one are you more confident in? Or which one are you like, man, here we go. I got to, I got to, you know, I got to get get up for this one. Which one do you like seeing? Do you like seeing, all right, I can give them ball, or do you like to get get down low and kind of bust with some of the big guys? Because you're asked to guard everybody. With two five-nine guards, you, you go all over the place. So which one gets you more hype, and which one are you kind of like, ah, really got to step up here? No, the, the smaller guards are always the hardest guards. I think it's just uh, – I think it's always got in your mind, like the low man wins, you know what I'm saying, this positioning, you know, uh, they get one dribble and try to get below you and get uh, get below the knee, and it's kind of hard to, to defend from that standpoint. Bigger guards, I like I like guarding uh, bigger guys because they think they can they think they can you know go down and post you up, and that it's not that easy down there. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really having all that. So uh, 
uh, I can hold my own down there. So obviously um, the bigger guys are easier to guard for me, but uh, that's all, all it is, this, this guard. <laughs> all right. Well, Joe, uh, appreciate your time tonight. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing the Flames back in action tomorrow. Uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Oh, for sure. Appreciate y'all having me. CJV. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to have a quick word from Jay Supporter Real Estate presenting sponsor of the AC Red Podcast, and then we'll be back with our guy, Joel Vanderpool. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Realty and Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years, and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with Legacy Realty and Development. And uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my Liberty University uh, family and the athletics family as well. I've been enjoying serving them. Uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that I hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services, which I really appreciate. But certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes, of course. And then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously a very, very different animal than is residential. But uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to, um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add, too, is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well, because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be a uh, service to you and yours. Thanks so much. He's here. He's here. Every t every time I find you guys bring something out that I've never seen before, and it makes me laugh every time. What's up, Chad? I'm just gonna do the whole interview like this. How about this? You like I had that? one of those, and then I had another one where I was like doing one of these, where I was like, and uh, that one. I think my parents liked that one. So yeah, it's a good day. I need to get a fat head of that for my wall. You got you have a great studio setup, Nick. You always do. That great backdrop. Always have. We're a little under construction right now. I got a wall right next to me that wasn't here like three days ago. Got a got a baby coming in May, so I got to soundproof this a little better because I I talk very very loud. So yeah, we're trying to um, JVP. Yes, First sir. of all, you you add the P in in JV, and uh, so it's nice to have it's nice to have the P in here. But my question is, uh, how nervous were you that we were going to play in the Peach Bowl? And all of Flames Nation was going to ascend onto your house and like be like, "Hey, 
You got a place for me to crash? You were my first text. Like, as soon as we got Peach Bowl, I was going to be like, hey, there's about 13 a sea of red guys and their yeah. families coming to stay with you. And uh, so uh, how nervous were you and what were you thinking? That was going to be – I mean, we were going to do it right. We were okay. going to have a little – you know, call it, we could do a Ryder Cup at the golf. We could do whatever we wanted. Okay. So I was more disappointed than okay. I was nervous. Yeah, for sure. Oh, all right. I wanted I wanted everybody here. That's, right, that, cool. was, that was my dream, yeah. Next time. When we go to the Peach Bowl next time, we'll, we'll hit you up. Yeah, just the Liberty Invitational. Yeah, we're just a New York Six perennial now. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. basketball. Sorry, Nick. Just, just have a party next year, regular season, Tuesday night matchup against Kennesaw. Yeah, let's do it. That's fine, too. All right, Mr. Vanderpool, let's talk some hoops. Uh, Me and Chad talked about this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Yeah. This game against Florida Atlantic. um, Obviously, Liberty came in flying as high as you possibly can through six games. Florida Atlantic, uh, you know, gave it to them. Obviously, this is an elite basketball team. What was just kind of your initial takeaway? Or is there any takeaway from this game? Yeah, for sure. Um. And I don't think the takeaways are as much an indictment on Liberty as they are on uh, FAU was not a fluke, right? Like, I don't think that any of us would expect them to be a Final Four team again this year. But, like, that wasn't a fluke, um, the success they had last year. Uh, I think they are a legitimate team. And I think that one of the things that they – the way that their guards complement Golden and the way that Golden complements their guards is – a very, very difficult matchup. Like, Golden is as efficient as you can be as a big, right, with 18 points in 20 minutes or 20 minutes, something like whatever it was. Like, he had a, a very strong performance in – and they, they're not playing him 36 minutes a game, right? That – a guy like Golden is going to be a matchup problem for us. Um, Kyle's as strong as anybody, but he's not seven feet tall. And then you've got Zach, who will go up against anybody um, – but the experience that Golden brings in is very like he's a very skilled, very good big man. So um, I don't. This to me was more so uh, a credit to FAU than it was an indictment uh, on us. You of course would have loved to see a better performance uh, out of our guys, um, but I give a ton of credit to FAU and and their guards. Um, and you guys know how it is. If you want to win games in March, you got to have guards like they do. So, um, I was, you know, I was obviously disappointed. You know how that game turned out. Um, it looked like they had an exceptional environment there. Um, it was also nice because the 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 broadcast crew was very clear on how good the environment was. Uh, so they, you know, we don't have to wonder about that. But um, yeah, I, I think FAU is a legit team, and I think that. Um, you guys call him JV. I call him JVZ. It doesn't really matter. I thought what Joe said was um, what you want to hear your mature guy, on your, a veteran on your team say, which is that's kind of where we want to be and to see how much work we have to still do before we're at that caliber. That's the takeaways you want your guys coming away from that game with. So, yeah, for uh, sure. Certainly discouraging, but of course. They're FAU is they're good. Like that's a that's a team right there. I'm interested in your take on watching a game like that where a big man is so dominant. Like that the Russian man, he was so good and so yeah. dominant. It's like that's something you don't see in college basketball anymore. Even in the NBA, you don't see it anymore. We don't have any more like 
Shaquille O'Neal back down music in the playoffs where it's just every possession. I thought that that was really fun to see. It brought back like a good team playing that way. Uh, really excited me. And it was a fun brand to watch. I'm sure all former big men and big men across the country were just are just applauding the way that that, that that teams that choose to play that way that just don't run and gun and shoot threes. Um, so what were your thoughts on just, I mean, take, take out the fact that they were beating Liberty. What are your yeah. thoughts on FAU playing the style of basketball they do through a seven-footer? I mean, it's, it's similar to, you know, a good football team having a run and a pass game, right? If you yeah. rely too heavily on – a big and you have no one that can shoot outside that's how a number one seed purdue loses in a, in the first round of the tournament right like that that can happen similarly if you have a team that is completely reliant on perimeter play and it's all you know shooting you don't have a crutch or any sort of a backup plan and so they it, it's it's more of the way that they complement each other the reason i like a guy like golden so much he's so efficient and clean there's he's Guys, it's it is. I know every guard out there is like, why can't we just throw the ball into the post and you just do a jump hook? Like, it is surprisingly more difficult than it should be. Like, we we get it, but he makes it look easy. And I think the way how clean his footwork is, how clean his moves are, he's not over complicating anything. Um, that's what's so fun for to watch someone like him is every move is clean, every move looks. You know, if they take something away, he has a counter, but it's not like he's having to muscle or like overthink something to get to his counter. It just looks clean. Um, similar to like the Lopez's when they were in the NBA, they made everything look so easy. And of course, they could stretch the floor at times when needed, but it wasn't because they were just physically over dominating people. It was their move, their one move was impossible to stop. Um, and that's why it's fun watching a guy like Golden is like, that is a legitimate big man. Um, he's not Zach Eady, who's you know seven three three ten. He's just clean in his moves. He's efficient with the ball. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes. And then let's talk about the defensive side too. Like that is so hard for a backcourt with our size um, to be effective at the rim. Now, Caden's first step allows for that, right? Caden is unbelievable in his. Um, in his first step to get past a, a, a bigger and what sometimes like seemingly more athletic guard. But the, the way that a guy like Golden can change the game at the rim, he, he impacts, he's going to impact that game regardless of, of the box score. Um, and what experience to have as a freshman to carry on for however long you're in college. So I, th I think very highly of, uh, of Golden in his game. So Joel, there's a, uh... Uh, a guy that Liberty is going to play, Daniel Bacho, 6'11", 235, uh, uh, Golden's 7'1", 240. So they're, they're, you know, Bacho's a little smaller. Bacho was a transfer from Texas Tech, played in the Big 12 last year, shot 61% uh, from, from two-point field goals last year. Uh, got a waiver, just, just uh, he's played, I think, three or four games, wasn't, wasn't eligible at the beginning of the season. Did this game kind of give you some concern as, as they Louisiana Tech comes in 44th in the first edition of the net that came out today? So they're right there with Liberty. They had the preseason player of the year, Isaiah Crawford, not even Bacho. 
But does a game like Golden, does it kind of give you some concerns about how Liberty could defend a player like Bacho? What team does Bacho play for? Louisiana Tech. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, the home of Paul Millsap. Um, so I would say, of course, that's going to raise eyebrows, right? But Liberty has exceptional, you know, what better experience than playing a guy like Golden, right? So yeah. you can say, all right, what worked? What didn't work? Something that Liberty and the pack line did, I would say, earlier in Coach McKay's uh, second tenure here was they did a really good job of doubling down on the post. And I saw it, and I could be wrong. It feels like they've gotten away from that to some degree and they'll use it when they need to. So you would expect to see more of that against the Golden, against the Bacho, right? That's what I would expect to see. But you have a great use case in your matchup with Golden to kind of help you know what worked, what didn't work with this current personnel, right? It The pack line and matchups and strategies and schemes are always going to be different based on the current team that you have that year. And so Liberty is probably not used to playing against dominant big men like that. Uh, however, they now have a great recent example to lean on again, to lean on as they uh, game plan for that matchup. That would be, I'm not a coach. That would be the number one thing I would look at. Where were we successful? Where were we unsuccessful against Golden? How can we translate that to stopping a dominant 61% field goal percentage kind of guy like him? Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about, like, you're coming off of two games where you're seemingly defeated, you know, not seemingly, you were defeated two games, a tough, tough road trip where you thought you had a chance to make some noise, you know, and then you have a game like tomorrow night, uh, Mississippi Valley State or whoever it is. You flash it back up there. Then we had a 99% chance to win or something like that. Yeah. Ken, Ken Palm even added the point to make sure you know. They didn't know. need to do that. They did not need to put the point six in there. That was completely. No. Well, see, there's a couple down there that are 100. I was looking at that like, we just show up and we win. Like, we don't <laughs> don't forfeit. Don't, don't, you know, whatever. Anyway, my question is, how important are these games to a college player who's in the grind um, as a what we call get-right games? Yeah. How important are these? I mean, as a fan, we're like, oh, here we go. We're going to blow out this team. But why do we continue to schedule these, and why do we have St. Andrews, Presbyterian 100%, and Boyce 100%, and Mississippi Valley? How important are they? I mean – I think they're important. I'm just asking you to tell yeah. all the people who are like, why do we even schedule these games? What's the point? I'll tell you, it's really hard to play games in December um, just because when we were playing, it was in the Vines, and boy, did it feel like there were 13 people there, right? Yeah, I was it's, one. It was when we, and boy, did we need you. <laughs> um, it, those are tough. Those are tough games. Students are gone. Unless you're in a tournament, you know, at Disney, at a neutral site, whatever. It is, those are difficult games. And so um, if I'm a coach, I'm looking at that and saying, we've got to preserve our record and our net ranking and we have to win games and we have to be able to prep for uh, conference play. I think Liberty does have a disadvantage when it comes to scheduling. If you look at the good games that we have scheduled this year, they're all part of tournaments that we have been invited to, right? Myrtle Beach, 
uh, round of 68. I believe, I believe Alabama is even part of some sort of a showcase or a turn or, or a whatever because it's at a neutral site. We are getting these the games that we want to see on our schedule by way of a third party. Again, I've never scheduled for a Division One program, but I can imagine the challenges that Liberty fa- BYU has everything to lose and nothing to gain by playing Liberty. Like fill in the I'm just making up names. Fill in the blank, right? And it's not the case that it was when I was playing. Like we had everything. Like we were not going to go beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. We were not going to go beat Texas Tech at Texas Tech. We we're not going to go beat Texas A&M. So these games are super important for the trajectory that you want to see this this program and your young talent developing at. Right? I will tell you what, Mississippi Valley State is going to have athletes. They're not going to have a budget. They're not going to have uh, probably a like they, they will not have a lot of things, but there will be some matchup problems that are good for our guys to learn from. And so you have to look at every single game and say, all right, are we going to win this 96%? Sure. 99.6%? Sure. Could we lose the game? Of course we could. But you have to use every single opportunity to be another notch in the overall trajectory that you want this team to be at. So you can preserve your record in December, go into uh, your conference play with the development that you want to see from your young guys. Like, if I'm like, I want to see guys that are like, let's just say Zach Cleveland, for instance. Zach Cleveland is going to be a problem for a lot of teams as long as he is wearing a Liberty jersey. He is still learning what it is like to have a elevated feature role on this team, given, I don't want to say limited time last year because he did play quite a bit, but he's still a sophomore. And so you have to figure out how to get Zach where you need him to be in January and February in December. You've got to figure out, all right, does it Xander or Ben Sutherland? Who's the guy that I'm going to have come up? All right, cool. We got to get that solidified in December. That's what you are doing through a not fun schedule part for us fans. But every single one of those opponents is very key to – and again, here's another thing too. Every single one of those teams is going to run a different system, different offense. Our coaching staff already knows what everyone in Conference USA is running. So when we go play Richmond and Princeton in the not, in the in the out of conference, we're preparing for Campbell because Campbell also ran uh, the Princeton. So you are going to use every single opportunity to milk it for everything it's possibly worth. And us fans are going to get pissed off because we're saying we should be playing. Oklahoma State. We should be playing you like whatever, right? We're gonna we're all gonna complain about that. However, a good coaching staff like ours is going to make sure that you milk everything out that you can from every single opportunity, whether it's similar matchups in the future, similar systems in the future, seeing your individual uh, player development grow in that time. That's what you are going to get out of December, and it sucks a lot of times to watch, but it's necessary for what we want to do in January, February, and, and March. That was brilliant, brilliant. Can you clip that for me, Kirby? Yeah, I got you. I, got I appreciate you. that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll... Nick, I need, I need to interrupt here. While you have a screen pulled up, I can you go back to the uh, Charleston game on the other on the other slides just for me? I I feel like I would be uh, – no, it wasn't this one. Was it FAU? I think it was FAU. Sorry, the one before this. I want to give a shout-out to Gabriel McKay. We're talking about guys who are – you know, he got eight minutes. This is like Gabriel McKay's name being on this slide. I just want to shout out three for three field goals. 
He doesn't hurt us defensively. He's a super great team player. He's the hype man on the bench. He does whatever his dad asks him to do. And I just want to shout out Gabriel McKay. Love that he's on this team. Love the dynamic he has with his dad. I don't know if you guys saw where they were sitting on the couch and he interviewed his dad. It was really cool. But the fact that he threw up eight points and was our third leading scorer in this game and three for three, uh, shout out Gabriel, um, you know, has a major impact on this team. Sometimes he doesn't get on this box score. So when he does, just felt like we needed to shout him out. And also, I, go ahead. The, base, the baseline – uh, the baseline reverse he had was kind of shifty. I actually kind of – he had a nice little move on the baseline. I kind of liked it. A couple things. He wears number 21. I know that it was because of Alex McLean, but I tell myself it's because of me. Right? Wait, that's, that's, not that's reti- he- it's not retired? It's not retired? Yeah, dude, I'm tell- I have <laughs> I have made several requests, and uh, <laughs> they are not returning my calls. Only um, the coach's son is allowed to wear it? Is that how it works? Actually, you know, that yeah, that's – now I'm, I remember a conversation about that, yeah. Um, but no, I've known, I've known G since he was like nine. And so it's so funny to like, see, you know, this kind of thing, uh, happening, but no, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a glue guy and it's, it's good to see glue guys get, um, you know, expanded roles in a season like this. So, and, and he's put some, did you get, I mean, you guys watched the Myrtle beach thing. It was like it's a typical rule. If you're a coach's son, you got to be the worst player or the best player. And, and again, it didn't hurt. The, it didn't help that we had three straight games with the same broadcast crew. And it was this. Did you guys know Coach McKay has a, a grand? Oh, grandson? yeah. Luke, you guys know that? Yeah. And his other son was the video coordinator. Other, yeah. I, I wasn't yeah, sure if you guys oh, wow. saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. But yeah. Anyway, shout out, Gabriel. And, uh, uh, JVP, I got you cut up on that answer about uh, playing playing these 100% wins. Those are that was good. I can't uh, speak to the, I can't speak to the non ones. I was talking about the other ones. Yeah, non ones they don't count anyway. Yeah. The non ones don't mean anything. They don't count in any of the metrics. If you lose the game, it literally doesn't matter. I would rather lose a game to a Division 15 school than lose it than than only win by 15 against Mississippi Valley State. Right. I'm not even joking. Seriously, it's better for the metrics. But uh, yeah, shout out Gabriel McKay. He had a three and one against Florida Atlantic. Final four team. How about that? All right. So this is Mississippi Valley State. I mean, this is a team you got to blow out. All right. This matters. Every single point in these games matter. Uh, when Liberty beat uh, uh, Maryland Eastern Shore by 37, they jumped up five spots in Ken Palm. And Liberty just lost over 20 spots over the last week. Uh, and so it matters. You're favored by 28 tomorrow. You need to try to win this game by 40. Uh, and there's been teams that have done it. So uh, I, I want to see them run up the margin. I know that that typically hasn't been McKay's style, but JVP, I kind of feel like he might be a little more cutthroat. Have you kind of felt that a recent maybe trend towards, hey, I got to play the game here a little bit? I'm not going to assume that I'm in Coach McKay's head or on. I will say. You don't want to play, I would say, off of two losses, at least one of which you wanted. You want to win both. You don't want to leave Boca with 0-2. In my days of playing, as much of a get-right game as it would have been for, hey, let's make sure we clean these things up, it's also there may be some fire under some tails so is it a Coach McKay thing that we're going to blow them out? Or is it some guys that have some proving to do both internally and externally? 
I might suggest that as well. All right. Well, I'm here for it. Mississippi Valley 28, State. 300. The... Mississippi right. Valley State is 362 out of 362. They are dead last in the country. So I beat, beat Maryland Eastern Shore by 37, and they're a little bit better. So I, I think the reason you might be seeing some of that and the change in maybe what we appears to be a change in philosophy in these games is one, we're going to be coming off of two bad losses. But two, when you get down to your eight, nine, ten players, uh, they're still pretty good. I mean, we like he said, G, G was pretty good the other night, and you got Bryson Spell, who's who's kind of down there, and but he comes in, don't miss yeah. hardly a beat. Uh, ben Sutherland, so and then they always keep at least one like uh, score like Colin or Brody on the floor at, with them. So um, it's a combo of yeah. hey, let's at least keep somebody out there that can go and, and get a bucket at any uh, with three seconds left in the shot clock, and uh, but also our bench is pretty deep, like 10, 11 deep. There may be one other component, which is, and again, there are things that coaching staffs will preach, and there are things that they will feel and not, and not, but but not preach. When you're in the A Sun of the Big South, you are guaranteed a one bid league, guaranteed. Okay, is that probable that Conference USA is a one bid league? Probable, but it's not a guarantee anymore. So your body of work has to be a. It has a chance of being a little bit different. Now, a coach is never going to admit that, nor should they, to a, to a team. But you have every single one of these games is an opportunity for your at-large um, resume, which did not matter for the past 40-whatever years. And as Liberty continues to... Um, as Liberty and as the conference that whatever, whatever conference Liberty is a part of the future, a part of in the future, your non-conference um, resume or not being a conference champion resume does begin to matter more and more when it comes to Selection Sunday. Again, is it probable that we're a one bid league? Probably, but you can't you can't say that's gospel truth anymore. The way that we could with absolute certainty in the A Sun and Big South. Good points. Well, I mean, it also even not just, you know, one bid, two bid leagues. It also could be the difference of being a 12 seed or a 14 seed. Um, so, I mean, yeah. There, yeah, there, there's also just that component, too. And and if you're talking about separating the teams that are in that group, they're all kind of usually very similar. Um, you can make a case for anyone. They're hard to evaluate because of the difference of schedules and stuff. Uh, but if, you know, your metrics look better, you know, you're going to have a better chance. All right, let's move on to a really exciting game, a game that I'm I'm pumped about. Uh, Grand Canyon on Saturday. We're not overlooking Mississippi Valley State. Coach McKay, we we're are. not overlooking. We're not we over are. yet. Yeah, no. Win by 50, please, for my mental health. Um, but uh, a Grand Canyon Saturday, this is an awesome game. I, I would love for Liberty and Grand Canyon to start a series. I know this is part of the, the, the CUSA WAC, uh, whatever they're calling it. Um, but Greg Kane is a great program. Uh, head coach Bryce Drew, a brother of Scott Drew, who's a national champion head coach at Baylor. So um, he's done a great job. They've been in the uh, uh, top 108 all four years he's been there. Um, this was a 14 seed in the tournament last year. Gave Gonzaga a good game. They're off to a 6-1 and one start. Uh, they beat San Francisco. That's the top 100 team. UT Arlington, a quality team. The only loss is to South Carolina. And uh, they actually, tomorrow night... <laughs> 
So hopefully they get really worn down. They are hosting San Diego State. I, they're coming to uh, Grand Canyon. That's pretty cool for them. They got a big game. So hopefully they're coming off a really emotional game. I'd love for them to win that game tomorrow. It really, you know, just yeah, they'd have to fly across the country and uh, have a tough game. But uh, Joel, I know you did some research on this. What do you think about Grand Canyon? I do want to ask a question. Okay. Is it a rumor? Is it confirmed about this fan, fan, fan plane, fan flight? Do we know? They're crazy. They're, they're, you, do, I, do you know what I'm talking about? I, there was a rumor that they were going to charter a flight for students to come to invade Liberty Arena uh, for the game uh, this weekend. Did, were so you aware? what I've Vince, noticed, Vince, Vince Zant said it. Yeah, no, I'm. Vince Zant, he wasn't making it up, and I saw the same thing. And I was wondering, is this a rumor or was the is it a credibility that? All right, so the havoc is pretty crazy, right? Like he said, okay, and they have this thing, paint Liberty purple. We're going to get a charter plane for students, but in the end, uh, I'm not sure that they got the funding that they were okay. hoping for. It's kind of like our joker saying we're going to take over the Fiesta Bowl and then put it out there and hope that Dondi and Jonathan see it and be like, oh, yeah, here's $5,000. And then if they don't get that $5,000, it's like two jokers can make the trip because they're yeah. um, yeah. college students. So anyways, I, right. I it's somewhere in between – they did get the funding or the havoc just put it out there uh, dreaming it into existence. So I respect the havoc. I do. Um, too. Yeah. All right. So my thoughts on the game, uh, he's a very good coach. He has coached a good amount of NBA talent when he was at Vanderbilt. Um, I think their program as a whole has a lot of momentum. My concern about this game is the combination of Harrison jr and Grant Foster, uh, Ben Zant can only guard one of them at a time. Mm -hmm. I think where Liberty is going to struggle is big, strong, athletic guards. And I'm not just making that up to beat up, you know, to, you know, beat up, you know, Caden and, and Colin. It's, we saw it happen with FAU and uh, a team that has long athletic, I would say he looks pretty strong. Those type of guards are going to be difficult for us to match up. Now, we have the pack line, which is an asset to protect us from getting exposed with individual matchups. Correct. But we're featuring Ray Harrison Jr., and we're not talking about Grant Foster, who went to Kansas out of high school. And so my point is, is that they are going to have a lot of uh, veterans on the team. And my fear is that they have the type of players that we do not with this roster match up well against. Again, I'm really glad it's at home. Um, I'm really glad for another litmus test, right? We can't complain about the Mississippi Valley. There's what, 30 games on a, on a schedule. They can't all be Grand Canyon FAU caliber. So as much as we complain about the Mississippi Valley States, we also have to be thankful that we're getting uh, Grand Canyon in, in Liberty arena. Um, it's a great litmus, litmus test. They're a program that is trying to do the exact same thing that out West that we are trying to do here. Um, this should be a really good game. Um, but if I were to give an edge to Grand Canyon, it would be because of Harrison Jr. and Grant Foster. If I were to give an edge to Liberty, Liberty plays really well at home. Cade Matheny and Colin Porter both can go for 30. I, I'm, I'm, I cannot wait 
for when Colin goes for 30 because I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm super excited because it's going to happen. I'm super excited for that. It'll be a really good test for us to see how we've responded to some adversity, some, you know, uh, a, a makeup game, get back or whatever, you know, and then, all right, like these are the type of teams that we want to be um, playing our best performances against. So I'm really excited for the matchup. Yeah, shout out Bryce Drew. It wasn't he the coach of Vanderbilt that gave us consistent games there. So I think that's him- because Coach Mance and Coach Olinger were on staff at Vanderbilt. So they were we had a natural tie into to them scheduling us. Yeah. So then he's kind of carried that over to to GCU here and uh, giving us a game. Um, I don't have a point, but I'm waiting on Colin to go for thirty as well. Anybody that saw Colin take that game tying three in Kennesaw State in the championship game, that moment, we all became instant Colin Porter fans for the rest of his career, and we know that he has it in him, that big gutsy performance. And uh, he's just solid, doesn't make turnovers. He's a fun guy to watch and root for. And uh, I'm excited for his 30-point outburst as well. So hopefully it's the ninth, and we predicted it right here on the See a Red podcast. Like and subscribe for Colin to go to 30 points against GCU. Uh, last time uh, Liberty uh, McKay and uh, Bryce Drew matched up was the year Liberty won their NCAA tournament game, but Liberty did lose to Vanderbilt. It was uh, Bryce Drew's last year at Vandy. Um, Nine-point loss. Then Liberty went back and won the la- the next year in Stackhouse's first year, but I, I think that game was set up yeah, before I think Stackhouse would have <laughs> scheduled up. Right. We have Liberty, a return uh, trip to GCU next year. To where? GCU. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, this was. I don't think set. this is just a one on one. I think it's a home and home. We played them in an alternate site last year, or was it the past two years? We we played them in an alternate site. Um, it was. Okay. It was. Uh, I think it was the. It was the next year. Um. It was Dan. Dan. Um, Dan Marley was the coach then. It was his last year. Uh, so Liberty. Liberty got bright. Well, they didn't get Bryce Drew fired because they beat them. But then the next year they did beat them, and he got fired. So, kind Guys, of, I'm uh, telling you, I'm telling you, we are going to need this FAU Charleston uh, GCU stretch over a week or eight days. This Conference USA is good. New Mexico State is not the 300th best team in the country. Uh, FIU is in the top 250. Like. Our worst teams are really good. And then you got Louisiana Tech. Middle Tennessee is ranked 280 in net right now. They're a top 100 net team by the end of the year, top 150. Like this league is very good. The arenas that we're playing in are, uh, they're awesome. They're way better than the ASUN. This is a whole new level. This is not Kansas anymore. And uh, we're, we're, we're in for it. And I'm so excited to have this stretch of eight days to kind of prepare for. It. Even if we get blown out by GCU at home, the things we'll learn from it and the things the experience we'll take from it as a team uh, could be invaluable because Conference USA, we do not have any get right games in Conference USA like we did in A-Sun. Even in conference play last year, we had, you know, whoever come to town. I want to say Stetson, but they always gave us trouble. But you get what I'm saying. We don't have any get right games in the Conference USA, and I'm very excited about it. But this eight-game stretch is uh, is brutal. But I think it really will um, galvanize is the right word. This team. I think you have. I think with Grand Canyon, you have to see who's going to step up. Like you know what you're getting out of Kyle every single night. You like you know. Um, 
Matheny, I think, is about as, like, we, we pretty much know what we're going to get out of it. Like, this is the time where you've got, all right, Grand Canyon comes to your home. Like, this is what you guys want, right? This is the kind of games that we want. Who is going to step up and take advantage of opportunities? Like, we think Zach Cleveland might be that guy. Well, it's, I, I think so, too. So then you would expect a guy like him to, to play well here. Guys, let's not forget about Shiloh. Shiloh is having a, a quieter season in his sixth season. You know how many games that dude has under his belt? Like, these are games where you have to have everything quarterbacked by Kyle, and you have to have Shiloh have a mature presence, and you've got to have Caden, who's got a million games under his belt. Too. Like, this is where you've got to have your veteran guys control the entire game because you're at home. You should control the game. And there's got to be spots for guys like Zach Cleveland or one of the, you know, one of the, uh, we've got to come up with a name for Sutherland and, and Xander and, uh, and spell because, you know, it doesn't matter. You got to see one of those guys, you know, step in, take advantage of this opportunity. You got to see like, so we know who our veterans are. We know who our, who our horses are. Uh, but you want to see some young guys that don't have as many minutes under their belt rise to the occasion because that, to your point, Chad, that's what we're going to be asking them to do. Because again, all of Chad, not just are they, is the conference better? It's now all unfamiliar. When you go into the ASUN and you play in a conference for a long time, there's familiarity. Like I remember VMI, the gym was always 10 degrees warmer than anywhere else we play. There's just familiar. I, I can tell you the smell of High Points Arena, their gym, because they had an indoor pool in the same facility. There's familiarity with these things, and you're getting none of that to your advantage when you join a new conference. So we've got to figure out how to be efficient and effective in what are uncomfortable or newer situations. And again, that's why I'm glad Grand Canyon's at home. It'll be a great matchup, but we got to have guys who have not been household names of the program take advantage of a game like this uh, and show out for us. I've got a 20-second story about Big South venues that I think you'll appreciate. I went to high school basketball camp in the Dedman Center in Radford, and one night we snuck out, eight of us, and opened every single door in the Dedman Center, propped it open with a rock, and the next morning we showed up, the whole entire roof was caved Deflated. in because it was an inflated roof and it didn't have the support beams. And, uh, yeah. and I, they did ha- recently when we lost the championship for Carly Jones. Yeah. When we lost that, they had that support system in so that it would never so be again. But back when I was in high school, they had, didn't have a deflate uh, support system left about eight doors open. And by the time the morning came, the whole thing was down. So pretty cool. <laughs> I think the statute of limitations is up. Super fine. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> All right. Uh, the uh, Grand Canyon is part of the WAC Conference USA Alliance, which is for the next several years. So I don't believe we have a return game to Grand Canyon. Possible, but I, they're, they're going to match the teams up. I mean, since obviously Liberty and Grand Canyon are, um, you know, the favorites in each league, there's a good chance that they pair them together, but there's no no official uh, uh, thing on that. So, all right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. I got to do a baseball podcast in 20 minutes. So, uh, hot I, was scope, getting, I, was, I was just getting warmed up. What are you talking about? Yeah, not, well, you, you come on and talk, uh, Dylan Cease to the Reds if you want. Uh, I've seen the producer notes. They say, don't ever have JVP and Chad on at the same time again. It's all good. <laughs> no, this has been a blast. 
podcast. Um, JVP, seriously, you're welcome anytime. Uh, we'll just we'll do a three way show with uh, uh, me and the the doctor. Uh, you can come on and do player interviews anytime you want to come on. You let me know. This is uh, this has been a blast. Appreciate you. Well, Kirby, I just want to, you're a true gentleman. You you delayed it a week uh, or two weeks so that you could let me watch uh, the Vikings Bears on Monday Night Football. I'm sitting there watching that game saying I would give anything to be on a Liberty basketball podcast right now as opposed to watching this embarrassment of a football game. However, uh, my wife and I are headed to Vegas this weekend. We're going to get the Vikings right uh, okay. against the Raiders. And so you started all that. And so I just want to thank you. Appreciate you for that. JVP, skull, baby. You feel good about Vikings money line? They've bit me twice this year. No. No. Uh, uh, I prefer them as a dog than I do a favorite. Yeah. Are they a dog? Are they a dog this week? They're a dog. They're a dog. I don't know about in Vegas, but overall their team were, were, were yeah. It's... The most profitable, I'm not sure if anyone else picked them up, the most profitable play all year was uh, Liberty football team total over. That thing was, <laughs> I'm surprised no one else picked up on it. That was the best play for 13 games. And I don't know why the line didn't, it was so I waited until it was over to uh, to share that with people. <laughs> he didn't want that line moving ahead of it. And I, and I might be done with that one for the year. <laughs> well, you have little faith. <laughs> All right. Well, fellas, this has been a blast. Uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks, everyone, for watching. See you Red Basketball Podcast presented by Jason Ford Real Estate, Ironclad Coffee, and, of course, visit Leesburg. Have a great week. Let's beat the crap. Out of Mississippi Valley State, 50 preferably, and then look forward to a great game on Saturday against Great Caden. Take care, everyone.